0: Okay, keep going. Now I'm on the podcast, the a podcast. Hello, and welcome back to What You Talking, a Kim's Convenience podcast. And today, we're going to cover Hapkido. Joining me is, as always, my wife, Ruby. And that's it. It's just going to be the two of us for today. Nah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, guys.
0: Well, I mean, we we had some really great guests for the last couple episodes. Uh, if you remember, my cousin Jay. Our yes. F- our friend Lizette.
1: Oh yes, from Calgary.
0: And then you had Eugene, and then we from had the states. Yeah, Marie France.
1: From Ottawa.
0: And her family with Mini Kimbit and Papa yes. Kimbit, and uh, we also had Hazel as well. Which, yeah, actually was I think the first episode you weren't there for.
1: Oh, I think I had school. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so I figured we'll just keep it simple because, uh, yeah, sometimes it's really hard to book people, and sometimes people get busy. So and
1: you have lots of stories.
0: Yeah, I I was really looking forward to doing this episode because I am a. Big, 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 big martial arts fanatic. So when they covered the martial arts episode, I'm like, oh, this is awesome.
1: <laughs> but you've never done hapkido before, right?
0: No, 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 no. So growing up, um, when I was a kid, my well, <laughs> my my mom tried to fill me up with so many different extracurricular things. So I did Kumon, which is your extracurricular math, and I was doing piano for a while. And she noticed I was pretty horrible, and I was hating every <laughs> moment of it. So, she's like, okay, well, you know what? You can take a martial art. Why don't you do karate? But the thing is, um, to give a little family history, actually, on my mom's side, where my mom's side's the Korean side, uh, (laughs) I have a whole bunch of uh, cousins and family who are all Taekwondo black belts. Um, (laughs) Because, actually, one of my uncles is a grandmaster in Taekwondo. He's... Yeah, pretty well known.
1: What's a grandmaster?
0: So that's like when you reach ninth degree black belt. So when you reach black belt, it, you don't change belts anymore. You have different degrees of levelness. I so think. So how
1: can you tell?
0: Uh, good question.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: at that at that at that point when you get to that level, like people know when. You're like a master, because usually those are the people that have their own schools and start their own chains and stuff. Wow. And the grandmasters usually at that point have many schools and they're well known in the communities. They're the people when you're at a taekwondo or martial arts tournament, they're the ones all sitting on the big table in the front watching all their students to compete. So,
1: so it's not like their belt gets like dots or stars or something special on them.
0: Uh, good question. I'd have to look that up. But, hmm. yeah, I, I come from a family with a bunch of black belts. Actually, Jay, who was on episode one and episode four, now I actually two and four i'm, I'm losing track
1: two because yeah. we were on one by ourselves right
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's got two black belts actually he's got a black belt in karate and a mm. black belt in taekwondo so he oh. is not somebody you want to mess with
1: <laughs> and he's also super big
0: yeah he he works out a lot and that's an understatement <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, co- I come from a family full of uh, black belts so i was i guess being the youngest cousin especially, I was like the last black belt of all my cousins. And probably like, I'm going to probably say the least skilled compared to a lot of them (laughs) at least two of them are like master level and then the other ones have reached or been taught by my uncle where I was taught by a local school, but from a good school. I was taught by Jong Park Taekwondo, which uh, they had a branch in Richmond Hill, which I went to for many, many, many years. And my teacher, he was a... Tough as nails Romanian guy who was like a championship <laughs> kickboxer actually, but he so the difference between my uncle's taekwondo versus my my taekwondo master's taekwondo is my uncles would be more graceful when you're showing off things like patterns, which are like um graduated movements that you go through and you learn a new one as you go up every belt versus my master uh master george he would be more uh power oriented i guess is the best way of putting it so he would put emphasis on us you know how many boards we can break how tough things were he was if you ever seen the movie karate kid he would probably be the bad guy's master
1: The karate kid new one or old one?
0: The actually that it kind of applies to both.
1: Oh. I didn't see the old one, sorry. But (laughs)
0: he was a good guy. He was a good guy. He was very disciplined compared to a lot of other teachers that I had before him. And I learned a lot. Um it was just a very different kind of taekwondo than the one that my uncle was teaching. And my uncle always used to laugh at some of the stuff that I'd be Taught, he always thought I was very rigid and very just putting through power versus putting through technique. But uh, as I got older and as I learned uh, after reaching black, uh, mm. how to refine those things and kind of find a balance. There's a lot of philosophy with martial arts, which mm. I guess itself could be its own podcast, but I won't go too much into that. You never took any martial arts, did you?
1: Nope. I went to kickboxing fitness for a month or two with one of my girlfriends because she was getting ready to uh, get married. So she wanted to trim down. That was hard. (laughs) I hated punching. It wasn't a dummy. I don't know what we were punching. It was this thing that we punched and then we can like lay it down on the floor and then punch it downwards and then kick it at certain places. Yeah, no, that's okay. (laughs)
0: Well, the interesting thing about Ruby is she's got a ton of different types of experiences. She's taken a lot of f- different forms of dance. And the reason why she always sounds a lot better than me on these podcasts is that she's actually hosted a radio show, too.
1: No, I didn't have my own show. I just did small segments and I was always on like on site doing the live broadcast. So, yes, being in front of a mic is not something foreign to me. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm better than you. You get a lot more practice than I do.
0: Well, not... Well, now I guess I do. <laughs> and the other thing is, we've been part of a podcast team doing escape room podcast called yes. "The Room Escape Divas" for
1: mm-hmm.
0: for about two years now. Coming yes. up,
1: we had our second year anniversary over holidays, right? Uh,
0: something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, in terms of doing podcasts, we kind of know what we're doing. But yeah, uh, for me myself, I got a lot to improve. Ruby's a lot better, but that's that's us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So about the episode, rewatching it, I forgot how much content was in there.
0: Yeah, this is a really jam-packed episode. I mean, there's so
1: many stories <laughs> in this one.
0: <laughs> well, just hitting the intro uh, again. I think all my favorite intros of season one have to involve Appa and Janet. I mean, they're always (laughs) the funniest. And this is the the episode where they had the cancel out combo where, you know, Uppa's trying to bestow his teachings onto Janet saying, you know, white guy, white shoes, steal. Brown woman, blue jacket, no steal.
1: I thought that was steal.
0: No, that's no steal. Oh. Yeah. Um, But lesbian whistling. Steal. That's the girl who's gay. That's a steal. (laughs) But two lesbian, even whistling. No steal. Cancel out combo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whatever that means.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure that they're comedian store owners who bestow this knowledge to their kids. Uh, but yeah, speaking from a point of view of somebody in, working in a family business, I can definitely say that parents are always trying to bestow their 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 hidden knowledge. the wisdom. (laughs) To their kids, no matter how correct or politically incorrect it is.
1: (laughs) And I would think it's usually politically incorrect.
0: Yeah, I mean, these are the kind of things that only the School of Hard Knocks is going to teach you. And it's not going to be written in the book.
1: No, I still remember when I was young, my parents owned like a Chinese restaurant. And I was under 12. So it's definitely child labor. And one time... Someone gave me a fake 20. I didn't know it. I accepted it. And then at the end of the night when my parents were counting, my dad got really mad.
0: Uh Uh-oh, what happened?
1: It was fake.
0: It was just fake?
1: It was just fake money. And back then it was much easier to fake money, right? right. So we didn't know. I didn't know as a kid, you know, under 12. What what do I know about fake money? (laughs) And it looked real enough to me, but I, I can't remember how but they realized it wasn't real i remember we even had one of those uv lights that sat the cash and if you shine it you know show certain things and whatnot right so yeah that 20 that costed me my allowance
0: so that's where you take it to a store where they don't know
1: and
0: <laughs> they start coming up with things that, little chinese girl she's a steal
1: i wasn't stealing <laughs> the convenience <laughs> store beside us in the same plaza were actually owned by korean's and uh, their last name was Park, though, not Kim. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, Park's a very common name. It's the yeah. Parks, the Lees, the Kims. And yeah. I'm probably forgetting some others.
1: <laughs>
0: Were you good friends with the people at that store?
1: Yes. The They had one son and one daughter. The son is actually my age. Um, mm-hmm. The daughter, I think, was two years younger. But I was much closer with her because, you know, when you're kids, you you play nicer with your the same gender as you. Um, I remember the brother who was my age was always mean to me and he picked on me and he always felt left out because we would like go and ride our bikes and we would leave him behind at the store. Right. But our parents would be like, yeah, yeah, since you guys are together, you can go. And he, he would be mad and jealous. I remember he broke my watch. Oh no. Yeah, because he dropped me on a seesaw.
0: Was he 16?
1: No, no, we were young. We were all under 12.
0: Okay, so this is before he stole the phones and ran away from home. <laughs>
1: I don't think his name was Jung. He actually had an English name. His name was Ryan.
0: And what was the daughter's name? Janet? Tina. Tina.
1: Close. <laughs> that's a thing. Maybe why it was, was Why was Jung's name Jung and Janet's name Janet? Like, why did one have a traditional name and why did one have an English name?
0: Uh, that's a good point. I, I have seen families where the first son has like, you know, like a not english name and then the second kid has an obviously Eng- english name
1: oh is that a thing
0: uh i mean you think about immigrant families they probably come to the country they haven't they've always had this idea that they want to give their kid this name and then it's like okay here you go and then the second one after the first one goes through school it's like people don't understand my name i'm <laughs> not a jake
1: i see actually one of uh one of my co-workers at work um, she's korean and she's married to a caucasian their first child was named an english name her son and her second child which was a daughter she named a traditional korean name that's backwards yeah so it was different
0: did she watch the show
1: uh i don't know i've never asked her because she went on matly before i could
0: oh (laughs)
1: she's not back yet
0: (laughs) ah you see yeah, we got to get everybody watching this show, which is the point of the podcast and which is why we started the podcast. You know, at the at the end of the day, I mean, we love the show, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you really love the show, then you'll listen to crazy people like us examine every little nitty gritty part about it.
1: And um, not only that, it was just announced, KC Season 3! Woo! Yay! So we got another one to be excited about.
0: And a big congrats to Paul and Andrew for being, oh, yeah. yeah, two Pete twins um, <laughs> getting the CSA awards again for mm-hmm. uh, best supporting for Andrew and best lead Arthur, yeah. for Paul. Yeah, that is that is amazing. That's an
1: like a lifetime accomplishment right there.
0: And Paul, he always uses his opportunity to use his speeches to as a platform to talk about things that are going on right now. And this year, he talked about representation and mm-hmm. how it matters.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and that's really caught on. I was reading um, some tweets from Vogue, and Vogue was talking about it because they were covering um, uh, another actress, Camila Elise, I think. Sorry if I'm butchering her name. And she started talking about representation as well. So, yeah. Yep,
0: yep, yep, Because, Mm -hmm. right, and she was another winner at the CSA Yes, she was, Yeah. Because... uh... So, jumping back to the show, uh, they're really just two tracks... uh, this episode. Usually there's probably about two or three. Uh, the first one that we're going to cover is, well, I'm uh, hooking up Jung. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I can say I've been in Jung's shoes where you have your very well meaning, but uh, you know, you, you, you really hope that you're never really in this situation where your parents are trying to hook you up with somebody. But in Jung's case, he. Was suddenly surprised when he his
1: high school, honey bun bun <laughs> came to visit him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really love uh, Andrews or Kimji's lines in this episode. He he has some of the funniest one-liners here. But yeah, when Grace Lee, who's played by Eileen Lee, uh, and she's in a ton of shows too. Uh, mm. One of the shows that I've seen her by mistake was uh, Shadow Hunters, which is.
1: I wasn't watching that. You yeah, were watching that by yourself. Yeah, I was by just watching that. <laughs> my
0: back. And uh, another show called 21 Thunder. But uh, yeah, she gets... She's been on a lot of shows since we've... I've seen her on Kim's anyway. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so she pops in by the, the store saying, the Hey...
1: Handy car rental. <laughs>
0: yeah. I need to rent a car. And my mom told me to come here. And oh, God. So your mom told you to come here because my mom told your mom to come here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And then we find out later, uh Kimchi says, "Oh yeah, your ama asked if you were working today." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Leave it to kimchi to uh just accidentally spill the beans here. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, and then you can see that Shannon's still obviously interested in Jung. Yes. And uh she's she's curious who the heck is this person. And mm-hmm. Kimchi's quick to say, "You know, they got together for uh for sex
1: <laughs> <laughs> in high school <laughs> <laughs> and you find
0: out that jung has uh he kind of messed up somewhere along the way
1: had a drinking problem it sounded like
0: yeah throwing up on
1: her uncle not a tree her uncle
0: and didn't he punch him too
1: <laughs> no he he did he did two things one yeah, was throwing he, up
0: and then he punched him he punched him first and then he threw up or oh one or no the other. And uh, yeah, so a couple of fun things that they actually mentioned some Torontoisms is that uh, they mentioned North York being North Korea Town, which is really true. I actually used, but it's to,
1: only parts of North York, right?
0: Yeah, so it's more around Young and Finch. That's okay. That's where more of the Korean stuff is as mm. you move closer to shepherd more south there's less and less stuff but there's some really good restaurants up and all around that area actually you know what i can't definitely say that anymore because since i used to live at yet young and finch at one Mm -hmm. of the condos there and i could easily just go downstairs and get some really good korean food without even have to think about don't want to cook going for korean food Mm -hmm. but uh as you head further south and i used to live further south closer to Shepherd as well, there was a lot less Korean food as well.
1: Weren't there a lot of karaoke's?
0: Uh, towards Young and Finch, yeah. There's ah. probably about, in that intersection alone, there's probably about three of them. Or there wow. used to be three of them. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, after going to Chinese ones, I think the Chinese ones are average out to be a little bit cheaper than the Korean ones over time. Because the Korean ones, what they actually do is they charge you per the hour. Mm -hmm. versus the Chinese ones, when you go to the the rooms, uh, they usually charge you that flat rate.
1: The minimum spend.
0: Minimum spend, which, how does that work?
1: So basically, you book a room from 10 till 3, or um, some of them do start at 9 as well. And even if you're coming in later, it doesn't matter. Each room has their own size and maximum capacity. And there's a flat rate on that room. When you go, you can use it to order food, to order alcohol, to order non-alcoholic drinks. As long as you hit the minimum, then you're good. If you go over, then you're paying whatever is over. If you're under, then you pay the minimum amount. Plus tax and tip. Fun. Yeah. It's kind of like private dining.
0: But most people actually go over. I mean... I. (laughs)
1: Most people go for drinking.
0: Yeah, because the drinks are not like regular price drinks. They're going to be no. highly marked up. Like, and
1: iced tea is like $5. <laughs> yeah, and
0: easily for like a rum and coke kind of thing, you're probably paying about eight bucks per drink. So that minimum spend goes really, really quickly, mm-hmm. especially when you add all the salty foods and people start to spill their drinks as they get drunker.
1: Yeah. Good times.
0: And I'm sure you have a lot of stories because you used to work at a karaoke thing too.
1: I did. Fun times. Lots of puke cleaning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so other fun facts about this episode, you find out that uh well, Kimchi's mom's name is Mrs. Han and she works for or she She owns. Yeah, that's right. She owns the number one top class hair salon.
1: <laughs> that's a really long name. <laughs> yeah.
0: Leave it up to. uh Well, I, I know with Chinese, they all have really long names. We we're actually just watching a documentary on on food, on food, called Asian food, ugly delicious or ugly something, ugly
1: it's, delicious, yeah,
0: yeah. And it's uh, the it's host of it by is Chef David, David Chang, Chang yeah, who is the owner of Momofuku, and and <laughs> they, many others, as you told me, yeah, that's right, mm-hmm. and he. He was at one of the restaurants in Markham.
1: Right. It's actually border... Is it Markham or Scarborough? Because it's right on Steeles.
0: Right. I think you it's can, on the south side. You can never side. tell. And that's a Toronto yeah. thing. Like, there's this division between Toronto and Markham. And yeah. it's... It's, it's Steels. along
1: Steeles, yeah. I think if it's north of Steeles, it's considered Markham. Right. So, I think that restaurant's on the south side
0: yeah so I guess that's technically Toronto yeah so anyway the restaurant I think is called a uh, fishman's boathouse no there's no
1: boathouse remember <laughs> he said it wrong and then the owner corrected him he's like there's no boat <laughs> so I think it's fishman lobster lobster clubhouse yeah something
0: At, like that anyway that name's just way too long mm-hmm. but the owner was saying that his brother really liked the really long names so and that, his
1: English was a very proficient. <laughs>
0: so that goes along with number 1 top class hair salon, which I wonder if Kimchi gets his hair cut there because his hair is always nicely groomed.
1: Ah, it's very possible. Why go pay for a haircut when you can get it for free yeah. from your mom.
0: Yeah, she's never revealed so maybe it'll be something in season 3, Kimchi getting a haircut.
1: That'll be hilarious. <laughs>
0: And and they keep bringing up uh, Eddie Chan, who mm-hmm. even to the end of like season two, you don't really know who Eddie Chan is. They kind of but, mention him in passing. Yeah, I on think the last we, episode,
1: we saw him in the hallway. Was it the hallway?
0: Yeah. So when it, in the last episode in the season, when uh, after Uppa's done walking and he's walking away, there's that family that's just about to go on stage. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Pastor Nina says, and here's Eddie Chan and. The Chan family. And something To present family. something. Yeah, exactly. So he was somewhere in that crowd, but we don't still know exactly His who His face Eddie was Chan blurred, is. yeah.
1: Because I think they, they kind of showed like a, a depth of field, field um, shot where he's blurred in the background. Mm-hmm. So you see this family standing there singing or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And question about that. Isn't Chan a Chinese last name?
0: I guess it depends on the pronunciation. Again, oh. uh, remember with... We were discussing this with David Chang. the owner But that's of Momofo-
1: Chang, P- not Chan.
0: I know. Oh. But maybe it's the pronunciation of it. Like sometimes there are some similar names uh, that are said like between last names. Okay. That sounds similar but are spelt differently. Like when they come to Canada.
1: I guess. I've never heard Chan as a Korean last name.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. But maybe there's a similar name. Hmm. Or they just spelt it wrong.
1: Or maybe he is Chinese going to a Korean church. There's nothing wrong with that. They all speak English there. (laughs) (laughs) And Pastor Nina's not an Asian. That's true. (laughs) And
0: her Korean's getting better and better. (laughs) (laughs) So the other fun things that uh, they mention as Jung and Grace are walking away, um, he offers, hey, why don't we get some jjajamyeon? Which is a very common, very kind of, well, for me, I would consider it as a comfort food for Korean food. And maybe Ruby can better explain what jjajangmyeon is.
1: Well, the funny thing about jjajangmyeon is we have it in the Chinese culture as well. And even within the Chinese culture, it depends on which region you get it from. And it'll be different as you've tried them because we're always trying to find the perfect one. (laughs) There there is no such thing.
0: (laughs) My grandma made the best jjajangmyeon sauce. The problem is when she passed, my mom never bothered to learn it. (laughs) So... We're all sitting there like, oh, how did, how did she make it? My mom's like, I don't know. I really didn't learn. And <laughs> and I, I've been looking for this perfect jjajangmyeon sauce. Now, the thing is that when she learned, when she was taught in Korea, she learned from a Chinese chef. And oh. I didn't know that until a couple years later after eating all these Korean restaurant jjajangmyeon. I'm like, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry, i am interrupted you.
1: No, no, that's fine. So basically, it's a bowl of noodles. <laughs> thick noodles um hand-pulled ones are generally better but sometimes you don't get hand-pulled ones and they it's made with dough it's not rice flour or anything or it's not like vermicelli it's rather thick and then they put the sauce on it that's fully black colored
0: (laughs) not not very appetizing when you see it if you've never seen sort of dark food ever you're, you're, you'll be you're like, kinda like
1: yeah, because it kind of looks like tar a little bit, but it's not. It's absolutely delicious. It is a black bean paste, but it, it's very liquidy still. Um, and then there's bits of meat in it, generally pork. Um, I know we've had it with beef. And then they put onions. There's times where they put squash, or what's the green thing called? That's not squash. Zucchini. Ah, oh, that thing. Yes. Sorry food escapes me today (laughs) yeah so zucchinis um sometimes there's carrots there's really like little bits of like minced vegetable in there usually just to add to a crunch or give you a bit more of texture and yeah it's it's absolutely delicious in the chinese culture in some of the regions they use a thin egg noodle and they make it spicy and it's with stripped pork and no there's no veggies whatsoever And a Taiwanese style that I've had actually I think resembles very much the Korean style. Same hand-pulled thick noodle with a very black sauce, um, little cubes of pork, and there's usually onions in it. But what they do on top is they usually put um, uh, Sicilian cucumbers kind of just to line the dish to give you like a fresh, refreshing crunch to it Mm. instead of um, having zucchinis cooked into it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of important because the dish as you eat it, it's very savory. Mm-hmm. It's very rich. and Very really, creamy, but there's yeah. no cream in that. No, but <laughs> but the thing is, as you eat it, you start to feel full and you really need that refreshing mm. bits of it to really kick back into yes. it. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's heavy. It's just too heavy, yeah. yeah.
1: Especially with the noodles being that thick.
0: Mm-hmm. So jumping back to the episode... Mm-hmm. Uh, you catch Jung in the apartment and Amma. So apparently <laughs> she has keys, which I guess we kind of knew from before. She's always coming with food. Did
1: they mention that she had keys? That no, he gave but there's keys that, to her?
0: There was that there's that other episode where she just walks in with the food.
1: Or is it just that they don't lock their door?
0: That could be it too. Hmm. I probably would if I were in their area though. That's just me though.
1: True, but they are two guys with no furniture. <laughs> Not even a door for his bedroom, so... <laughs> that's
0: true, that's true. That and magic.
1: a egg in the cupboard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the funniest line, the funniest line by Kimchi comes in um, because at this point, Amma's there, Grace is there. Apologizing. Jung's there. And uh, <laughs> he goes, I hope she didn't use my loofah. I shed like a snake.
1: You thought that was funny? I thought the whole, when he comes into the apartment, and he's like, hi, Ajuma. And then I was like, I thought you said kimchi's in the shower. <laughs> and then Zhang's like, I did. <laughs> and then kimchi's like, I'm not. <laughs> so it's like these awkward pauses. And then each person's just giving a one line. I thought that was hilarious.
0: Yeah. I'd have to say that's equally as funny. Mm hmm. So at the end of it, uh, you find out that Grace is not staying in Toronto. Jung has no intention of moving to Vancouver, and that's that's how it is.
1: They were just hooking around.
0: Hooking around. Hmm. So the next part is the hapkido part. You find mm. out later that up, uh, well, Janet's about to go on her way to hapkido class. Oh no,
1: we don't know what she's going to
0: oh yeah right yeah because she she won't tell him (laughs) she's trying to walk out and he's like don't go and she says
1: you "You don't don't go go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's especially i I don't know if the writers intended this but um in korean
1: (laughs) oh right
0: (laughs) don't go kind of sounds like uh yeah a part on your butt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> as as far as I remember it from my limited Korean knowledge and, and jumping back to, I guess the play, the, there's a funny part where, uh, they're discussing about the names of the store, what it could potentially be. Mm-hmm. And one of the names that they discuss is St. George, or they're talking about another owner who has a store on St. George street. And they, they, the way that I, th- I can't remember who it was. I think it was, um, Umma, she goes saying cha ji because of again the accent, mm-hmm. but cha ji in Korean means uh the male reproductive organ. <laughs> I may have actually mentioned this in a previous episode, but uh, I kind of found it funny that they mentioned donko and Chaji. Mm. I-, I was just wondering if this was like uh, intentional, or intentional just by so the happened? writers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. And Chan. Mr. Chin. And, Chin they're talk-
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and they're talking about the movies. They're talking about Enter the Dragon, Once Upon a Time in China, too. And they're, they're listing the movies. And I'm like, yeah, that was a good movie. That was a good movie. And then they get to Five Deadly Venom. And I'm I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, I've never heard of this movie.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of that either.
0: Yeah, I had to wiki it. And oh, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Oh. It's like a movie back in like the early 80s, late 70s. And it uh, has to do five masters that this guy had to go and fight. Each with like a different like spirit animal or something, and uh, was the
1: guy the good guy?
0: Uh something like that. Like oh. they killed his master or something, oh. and he had to go and beat them all up or something. <laughs> and uh yeah, so the uh, you the next scene you catch uh, Appa and me of a good time because I am a big martial arts fan. I <laughs> probably watched most of these movies a handful of times. Well, maybe not Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I don't. You know, something about that movie i don't quite find fully martial arts compared to the others but it's
1: too mainstream uh,
0: yeah it's a bit artsy mm-hmm. a little bit more artsy than the other ones and my other bias is that i'm not terribly crazy about Jackie chan ah. yeah just because his humor in martial arts eh, I, don't, I, don't, mix. I don't i don't really get it yeah <laughs> i mean i was a big bruce lee fan growing up and I watched all of his movies a bunch of times. I had like the, the set of cassettes uh, for all his major movies.
1: Cassettes?
0: Yeah, cassettes, going back to VHS.
1: Oh, those are called cassettes. I just thought they were videotapes.
0: Yeah, same thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, growing up, watching all the other ones, I mean, just looking at this list here, there's Jet Li, there's Stephen Chow, who's more of a comedic actor. Yeah, he doesn't do martial arts. He's not really martial arts. Donnie Yen... Who's like... Who's the, an
1: actual martial arts yeah. uh, artist. And he,
0: he's been at it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Actually, another movie that they mentioned here, Once Upon a Time in China too, he was in that movie as well. And people don't oh. realize that he's been in the industry for a long time. And he's only catching traction now with all the Ip Man movies. Yes,
1: because he's been starred in them.
0: Yes, exactly but he's he's a very talented guy actually all these guys are talented doing martial arts movies is not easy Mm -hmm. and as much slack as i give jackie chan he does his own stunts which yes you gotta give him credit for Love watching
1: those bloopers crazy
0: yeah but now he's got his own like stunt team and but the thing is now he's like 60 63 64 65 you won't want to
1: break anything now yeah
0: Yeah. 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 he's he, he can't do that stuff anymore so um, yeah, getting back to the show, I keep getting sidetracked here. Martial arts making me go,
1: yeah, <laughs> Gaga, <laughs>
0: Gaga, uh, Janet and Gerald. Gerald come back to the store and
1: Gerald's <laughs> wearing a T-shirt a that Hapkido says "Happy
0: Toronto." Yeah, it's like, "What's Hapkido Toronto?" It's fun, discount, cool. I chum. Up <laughs> <laughs> exact words. And uh, he, he's taking it really seriously. Actually, this is the first time I think that you see up a serious face because they're asking, are you taking this seriously? He's like, this is my serious face.
1: <laughs> I don't know, but that didn't sound very serious to me.
0: No, he, he, he was very serious. I mean, no. he, you can tell he takes martial arts very seriously as well because he considers himself, I guess, either a big enthusiast or or somebody on the level where he can he should be teaching people because he's saying to them, you know, you, you should be learning this right. This is a Korean tool that Koreans should know that Koreans should be using. Except he
1: didn't want to teach his daughter and he said that it was because she was small and chubby and her arms were too short to touch her shoulders. (laughs) That's a good memory. (laughs) It's like, poor kid.
0: I think he got further uh, worried when he found out, oh, who's teaching this uh, to you? And then uh, they said, oh, it's an an art teacher. teacher. (laughs) An art teacher? He's pimping Korea.
1: Like, what? <laughs> this is an insult,
0: abomination. Like, only Koreans can teach hapkido. And but they
1: never said that the teacher wasn't Korean.
0: No, they just said he was an art teacher. I mean, Janet cuts off Gerald purposely. Yes. So then yeah. Appa kind of puts himself in that situation where he's like, Oh, I know the hapkido.
1: Yeah. She's, she's purposely po- pushing those buttons on her dad.
0: And then Janet uh, hurts Mr. Chin a bit. And and then Appa flips Gerald, which I had to watch a couple times to see. Um, number one, was it actually Gerald who got flipped down? Because obviously for these kind of things in any other kind of show, they're going to put in some sort of stunt double. or
1: Yeah, someone some that knows of, how to do it properly without hurting themselves.
0: Yeah. And after watching it a couple times, you can see that when Paul's flipping the person... They actually do one of those kind of like flips, stationary flips in the air, falls, lands, but then purposely does like a slip on their left leg but to make it look like they're falling. And I I was fully convinced that that was Gerald, actually, until I uh, messaged Ben who plays Gerald, mm-hmm. and he was saying that, no, it was a, a double, a who, did double. It, mm. who did it. A stunt Only did it like within six takes. And I can't imagine somebody having to do that in six takes. like Because they're actually hitting a hard
1: and, ground. It's yeah. not a soft ground. They didn't have mats.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense that you would have to do the flip and then slip, because otherwise yeah. that, that would just hurt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, looking at the way that Appa was throwing him, Paul, I can sense that in some... Respects, he actually has some sort of training, which I'll kind of come into later because there's some more evidence later in the episode.
1: Yeah, uh, which we watched and rewind and watched and rewind many times. Yeah,
0: because I was really curious. Does he actually know anything? Mm Because... Uh, I mean, as a black belt, uh, you're actually required to teach kids and Mm -hmm. adults. Well, actually, I was because I was one of the first students in my school. So, I had to teach because I was a kid at the time. I had to teach kids. But (laughs) because also I was one of the first black belts in the school, there weren't any really or many adults. And I was like about 15, 16 at the time. So, Mm. I had to teach adults as well. So, you can see a lot of... There are a lot of little... Things, little tells that kind of show that when somebody actually knows the kind of things that you're doing, like little mm-hmm. forms, little... Um,
1: forms are important. It's like dance. You have to know form properly and the basics properly. Otherwise, it, you'll mess up whatever you're trying to do.
0: Right, exactly. And those little tells will tell you how much mastery that you have. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, after <laughs> after Up a flips over Gerald, He, Mr. Chin jumps in. Yeah, why don't they duel just like the movies, (laughs) I guess, which is a a funny thing because I always thought that was just in movies that people would go to martial arts schools and challenge the master kick
1: down down the dojo
0: and like, okay, if I beat you up, you get out of here, you get out of town. But it was actually a thing even here, like in the States and in Canada as well. Oh, yeah. I actually heard these stories from my mom who heard it from my uncle or Maybe it happened to my uncle. I'm kind of forgetting that part. But it it is something that happened here in North America as well, that people would be challenged in their schools and be required to just pack up and go if they lost.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. What if you were just having a bad day? So after Mr. Chin stirs the poop. <laughs> so Appa <laughs> does
0: go into the Hapkido school to... And, and you can see that he's kind of strutting in like a boss. He's, yes, he's, as if
1: he owns the place already. And
0: he, and he's watching everybody's form. He's correcting everybody. And, and You know, this is one of those funny, really rare stories where I can say I really, I, I actually <laughs> identify with Appa because there was this one time, so this is many years after I I, I kind of stopped Taekwondo because I my mom's like, you know, you should really focus on your studies. Get into mm. a good school is any good asian parent would probably tell you and uh it was many years after i'd stopped taekwondo and my friends kept telling me hey you gotta join the the one that's here in in our school when i went to university and i was like okay well i don't know we'll see we'll see how it is because i don't know who's going to be teaching it because really the schools is only good as the teachers who are there right i guess
1: that's true yeah
0: and when i walked into class and I'm walking in without any kind of uniform or anything. I'm walking in as, uh, I guess, everybody's I assuming. Guessed. Yeah, assuming I'm a first-timer. And there's all these white belts. Now, white belts, as I explained to Ruby earlier, they're all like the beginner mm. beginner level. And they were all being taught by a blue belt who was... Blue belt's kind of like midway through. Uh, a little bit higher than midway, but yeah. Anyway, so there's this blue belt teaching these white belts some form. And I, I, I was walking in there. I'm watching this guy teaching. I'm like, no, that that's not right. That you, you should be doing it this way. And I wasn't saying anything at first until he came around to me and he was trying to show something. And I'm like, no, I, I think, isn't it like this? And he's <laughs> like, no, I think it's like this. I'm like, no, I, I think I'm going to keep doing it like this.
1: So you were practicing with them.
0: Yeah, I was practicing with them for a couple classes and oh. until I found out that there was an actual another black belt there who I ended up befriending later on and ah. I said, "Oh, you know, I'm actually a black belt. I'm just here to, you know, get some sure exercise." <laughs>
1: Taunt your classes. That's what I'm here to do.
0: But yeah, I totally felt that up moment when I walked in. I, I was totally like, "I'm going to go and teach all these people how to really do the No, But Sad. Uh, <laughs> I didn't totally do the appa. yeah, but uh, in sounds this- like you did. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Master Young walks in, and and interesting about the thing about Master Young, he's actually a real master uh, for Taekwondo and for Hapkido. Uh, his real name is Master Tommy Chang. He's actually That's been in so a-
1: English. <laughs> I
0: think he's got a real name. I think this is like one of those like actor things where Uh, they like change their names to better for film.
1: And it's also probably easier to to associate in the North American industry.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And he's been in a lot of films and also done a lot of training of like uh, actors as well. Okay. Yeah for A lot of films, That's and he, cool. he's like a seventh degree Taekwondo black belt and an eighth degree Hapkido instructor as well. Wow. So, uh, when they brought him on, he, he he's the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny because Zappa goes to Jen, he's like, Why you tell to me your Hapkido teacher is an art teacher? And technically, he's a martial art teacher,
1: <laughs> so he is an art teacher, <laughs> <laughs> martial form of art.
0: And, uh, yeah, so I really found it funny in this episode that, uh, that Master Young refers to Mr. Kim as Master Kim. Oh, yeah, it was kind of weird. It's like, why are you referring to him like that? Unless he was playing to, I guess, being sarcastic.
1: Well, no, because in front of his students and in front of Janet, he was trying to teach them all like respect. And he also taught them all, hey, respect your your father. You know, don't do this. Don't taunt him. So he in front of the kids, I guess, sort of speak, he's trying to show them what proper thing is. So if he didn't call him a master, he's just some random dude that walked in, then it doesn't show that he, he had the need to be there or why they had to respect him. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's a really good point mm-hmm. because that's that's the whole thing that ties it in the end, where he does say to Janet, you know, you know, respect your dad.
1: Yeah, in Korean, like, don't what? be stupid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. It's like don't challenge him and do stupid things.
0: <laughs> Which is a really, I mean, if you find the right taekwondo master, there are going to instill a lot of these things, especially when they're training kids. They try to make sure that they understand all these kind of values as they're mm-hmm. training them teaching them discipline, teaching them to respect authority or so respecting their elders, yeah. which is all important, I guess, cultural things. For example, every class when you walk in, you bow to, as you walk in and you bow to your teacher when before you start everything, you bow to your teacher when you're walking out of class and you also bow to people that you're sparring or that fellow students as well. So it's kind of like
1: lawyers in a courtroom. You have to stand up for the judge. Yeah, same yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, that, that pretty much covers the Hapkido part. I mean, uh, one of my favorite moments in this episode where, uh, Appa's just about to face Troy, who's <laughs> that, big, that big Korean guy who apparently Jay knows as well. Yeah. They used he's to, telling us. Yeah. Uh, they used to work in security together at some club or something. And, uh, he goes to Janet. Well, actually Janet goes to him first. Good luck, Appa. And he says... Goodbye, Janet.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He sounded so serious.
0: And then you can see that, like, Janet's, like, just about to tear up. It's like she's genuinely worried,
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let the Yeah. It was just funny because it's like, what did you think would happen if your father came in and challenged everybody? <laughs> I don't get it. I get that you were being a rebellious teenager or whatnot, but...
0: I, I think that's one of the similarities between Up and Janet where they do things without thinking mm. and then later on they regret and they learn.
1: Just like the money. <laughs> or the receipt, sorry. Yeah, exactly. The pay discount. Yeah.
0: So to close it off... um, Appa sees, sees, uh, actually he's in a, at the store and there's a whole bunch of students, Taekwondo students and uh, Walid's there as well and they mm. show off their, uh, I think it was a punch punch kick combo and that's kind of where that I, it kind of for me as mm. somebody who's taught Taekwondo um, can kind of hint off that I think Paul has either been trained mm-hmm. or he's been practicing yeah either for the that particular scene Mm -hmm. because the the kick is actually pretty authentic around as well as the punches one of the things with punches that people most make mistakes are that you have to keep your wrist straight when you're doing that punch Mm. because you can easily just snap or break your wrist when you're doing that punch and like yeah again form is everything and he had that form
1: Mm -hmm. that wasn't the only episode that Wahid showed up in right I feel like he's been
0: He's I think once one episode in season 2. Yeah, he the oh. face cream, the face cream. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think and this is I guess more of a rumor than than a fact, but we were speaking with uh, one of the cast and it's
1: Oh, that was the character. That was the character. Oh, I didn't put that together. So
0: <laughs> so to get background on, oh, that was the character. Yes. <laughs> um We were told that Mr. Meta originally wasn't supposed to have such a big part. That originally Walid was supposed to be the Mr. Meta in the show. Mm -hmm. But then, after, I guess, after some, well, what do you call that? Testing?
1: Some piloting.
0: Piloting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They found that the chemistry between Mr. Meta and Walid was a little bit. uh, Sorry, Mr. Mr. Meta and and Appa. Yeah. Was a little bit more, well, better
1: yeah like they got along they were able to hit off each other's lines the chemistry was a bit nicer
0: and i guess they kind of just put welly aside for those other but very funny ad hoc yeah yeah <laughs> very <laughs> funny scenes so i guess that's it for today uh covered quite a bit again this episode was jam-packed with stuff
1: yeah a, there was a lot of cool and interesting like tidbits of information and revelations and I thought this episode had a lot of comedic relief throughout so I enjoyed it.
0: And uh, thanks for all the feedback that we've been getting. Uh, I get messaged quite a bit from Chris and Andrew who are regular listeners and they, they tweet me like pretty much right after I I post it. So that's awesome. A- yeah, thanks again, guys.
1: Thanks for the support, everyone.
0: So if you have any other comments, questions, or stories to share, email them to whatyoutalkinpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at MikeYUN82. This show is brought to you by Mr. Kim's Hapkido. If your Hapkido teacher is an art teacher pimping Korea, let Mr. Kim teach you the better way. Like a tree, deep root, big fruit. Until the next time. Okay, see you.